I kind of wanted to to redeem the skeleton in a way and bring it back because it's so much more than a symbol of death. This is the Bold Artist Podcast, where we talk about being brave and finding creative freedom. You want to get those beautiful things inside of your head out onto canvas? We're going to talk to real life artists and learn the skills and the courage it takes to do just that. I'm your host, Mary Janelle, a multi-form artist and creativity mentor, joined often by my co-host, Sharla Marskalk, painter of colorful portraits and founder of Bold School, an online space to learn bold color painting. Welcome, and let's get started with today's episode. Hi there, we're here with another episode of the Bold Artist Podcast. My co-host, Sharla Marskalk, and I are here with a very unique conversation. Here in Canada, it is the cozy, warm sweater season where the leaves are falling to the ground and it's all so beautiful. But there's also that scary holiday that you see skulls and skeletons all around us. And Charlotte and I have had a creative idea of how to reframe the frame. (laughs) What does that mean, Charlotte? Oh, where do I start? So, (laughs) yeah, so I was just thinking about... um, well, skeletons. So a few years ago, I did some work where I included skeletons in in my portraits. And it, it came out of a moment of inspiration um, where I, I love the skeleton. I studied the skeleton quite a bit when I was in university and in learning anatomy. And I'm quite enamored by it. I think it's fascinating to learn what the skeleton does and all the parts that it has and how it um, how it works when we're looking on the outside in and we're trying to understand how to draw a face or a body, how understanding the skeleton helps us inform that process, I guess. Um, so I've had this kind of backstory with the skeleton. And then there came this time where I just realized that my kids only ever looked at the skeleton as scary. And the skeleton always seems to take a center stage around Halloween. And I started to think, and it probably sounds super cheesy, but I started to think like how lame it is that the skeleton is thought of as a scary, a scary thing, that it's like a symbol of death when really it should be a symbol of strength in, in, in humans, really, you know, it's our frame, it's our structure. And I started to kind of study what that meant and what that meant to me and just in general to our human existence. And I started putting it in our work and in my work. And it Mm -hmm. created a lot of really interesting conversations when I took that work to shows. And people, they always assume still that it's the symbol of death. Like, why are you putting skulls and skeletons in in your work? But I think that my work actually emanated something else from from it it wasn't scary it wasn't morbid and people would ask me questions so it would it would just start up these really awesome conversations so i thought it'd be rather appropriate being this time of year where halloween is around the corner to talk about um we could talk about the skeleton and the frame and what that meant in my work and what that means in portraiture and the study of the anatomy and what that means and also talk about um our creative process, like how we're inspired to to put things into our work. You know, we're not just going to paint a face for the sake of a face. Where is that inspiration coming from and what is the message you're trying to get across in that? So I thought it would be a great season to talk about the skeleton and try to reframe how we view it. And 
as parents and grandparents and it can open up interesting conversations with our kids too so they can mm-hmm. understand what that scary skeleton actually is and that it's not scary at all. You had said something to me, Sharla, about how the skeleton represents death and yet because it is the the part of a human that remains for so long, it's almost as if it should represent life. And I was there when you had the conception of the idea of putting some skeletal figures into your portraits. And I remember it being such a life-giving idea. It didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't um, coming to you as like this morbid idea. It was coming from just this bubble of joy of showing the frame. And you've often talked to me about the meaning of the human frame and that it's the structure in life. I, I think of it as the start of it all in a sense, even in portraiture work, you have to understand the bones even yeah, <laughs> uh, and the structure. And so unpack that a little more for me. Um, oh, there's so many levels I think to go to. I think when I started visualizing, I remember that image that day we were talking and it was kind of like um, I saw the painting of the face and then I saw it fading into the seeing the skeleton kind of, I think in the chest, this was sort of the vision in my head. Everything for me always starts with a vision and then I unpack it and try to figure out where that came from. And I started to look at uh, what that meant. And I've seen in other cultures and just in writings and whatnot, the skeleton can often represent, and, and from what I created and how it looks to me now, I think the skeleton can often represent the spirit or the soul. You know, it's like the inner part of you is being represented. So it becomes, it gives a deeper meaning when you're looking at the art that has the skeleton in it. Um, for different people, it has different meanings. But then as I started looking at it, you know, the skeleton is actually the thing that's formed first as we're, we're being formed in our mother's womb and that the spinal cord is, is formed so, or the, the spinal column is formed so that it can uh, house the spinal cord and protect it. You know, without it, without those bones, we, everything malfunctions and breaks down and we almost pretty much can't function at all. So it becomes like this, this frame of protection, this structure. Of course, if there, we had no skeleton, we would just be jelly. And I often say that to my kids, like, <laughs> yeah. look at our skeleton. It's one of the most important, it's probably the most important thing. If we didn't have it, we wouldn't be able to stand up. We wouldn't be able to do anything. We would die immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so it becomes our frame and our structure and our strength. It's protecting our organs. You know, our rib cage is protecting our heart or our chest bone is protecting our heart. Um, it's just got so much value and so much meaning. So it's the first thing that's formed and it's the last thing that remains after we die. Wow. And it's so profound. It's there for for so long. Like I think our bones last forever. I don't know that they ever actually go anywhere if they're not um, burnt or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's, it just felt so profound and I wanted to talk about, I wanted to think about that more and, and look at what people had written about it and what, um, like scripture says, what the Bible says about it, and which is where I get a lot of, where I frame a lot of my beliefs and ideas. And it just, the more and more I looked at it and what other cultures thought and even other religious systems believed, it just became more and more profound and so beautiful. And I almost started to feel like 
it was stolen from us, you know, like that it became a symbol of death when it had so much mm. beauty in it and so much life in it. And I think oftentimes good things are stolen and, and looked at as bad, as looked at as, a, or becomes a, something that can hurt us. And we kind of have to reframe it and see what, what it's good is, especially when it comes to, I'm probably getting way, way deeper and more profound, but when it comes to like <laughs> religious beliefs and all the different religions, you know, sometimes these rules and regulations, they can become something that brings people down rather than gives them life. And so um, I kind of wanted to to redeem the skeleton in a way and bring it back because it's so much more than a symbol of death, I believe. Yeah. And just having this conversation has completely reframed it for me. I have never really taken the time to think of it as a symbol of life and how it's the first thing formed in the mother's womb and the last thing remaining after we're gone. And I'm like, my mind is blown. I wish I had known that when my kids were little. <laughs> and then, and you know, all the scary skeletons come out and, you know, actually across the street from us, our neighbors have two skeletons having tea on the front porch. <laughs> you know, and all of this comes out and, and when you have little ones and they start to ask the questions and, and maybe they feel scared of it, there is such a beautiful way to approach it yeah. about life giving mm-hmm. and how the frame supports us and it brings life and we're just jelly without it. I love that frame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that new lens you've given us today, Sharla. And so how would this uh, help with like family discussions, people with little ones that I know a lot of the artists who tune in have little people, whether it's grandchildren or children in their life. How can we as artists and family members reframe the skeleton the skull with our little ones? Well, I think I was a homeschooling mom, so I always managed to figure out how to reframe a topic. But I think it's uh, really, you know, just discussing discussing the reality of what the skeleton actually is. We teach our kids anatomy, like we teach our kids where do babies come from? You know, like where's the baby in the mom's belly and where's our heart and all these basic anatomy stuff. And I think this time of year is a really great time to talk about what the skeleton is and where it comes from. And um, I love looking at the skull and seeing like how the eyes fit into those sockets and then how, whoops, how those sockets form, like where our eyebrow is and the shapes of our eyes. Like I find that fascinating beyond its purpose in my art. I just find it amazing to think about that for a minute that underneath here we have these weird looking skulls with those giant teeth you know like they're actually under here they're right here we have one we actually have a skeleton it's you know you don't think about it right you just don't think about it and i think that i have boys so i know boys thinks may think about things different than little girls but uh when i talk about those things they they're very intrigued by it and so in halloween where we see these skeletons around everywhere it's um i think it's just a great teachable moment, a learning opportunity for us as parents where we have very little time probably in our busy lives to do that. I know I do these days. So it's just a great time to sit and go, do you know what a skeleton even is? And then when it comes to creativity and um, you know, forming those creative thoughts in our kids, which are so important, we can talk about what that means for drawing a face. And I bet you that if you did a quick little, just an just informing the kids that this skeleton is is giving us the shape of our eyes and the way it fits into our nose. I bet you those kids would go and draw a face differently within one conversation. Like I've I've seen that happen in front of my eyes. So then you're 
you're informing them and you're arming them with knowledge and wisdom and that takes away fear that they might feel you know it helps them to to get rid of fear in that sense I'm just absorbing all of this. I love it. And love how you've taken the lid off of the skeleton, the skull for us. How does this work into what's going on in bold school? <laughs> There's always a way to work it into bold school. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> Something's going on in bold school. I know it. <laughs> we, we teach uh, the human figure. We teach portraits mostly. But we teach anatomy, like we talk about anatomy. So in Bold Color Bootcamp, I talk about anatomy, just this very thing of understanding what lies underneath the skin so that we can understand what we're drawing. And once that basic knowledge is in there, your, your drawing and your painting becomes so much better and it improves like instantly, really, when you have that knowledge and wisdom, like every aspect of life, when you gain knowledge and wisdom. Um, we also have a little bite-sized class coming up, which is going to talk about this very thing, a little more extensive than we did in Bold Color Boot Camp. They both can play on each other, and that's going to be taught by our very own Mary Janelle. <laughs> that's right, and my plan is to bring to you a bite-sized class with information on the proportions and the structure of the human face and skull. We're going to work from the skull because I do feel, as Sharla does, that anatomy starts with bones. So we're going to start with the bones and take a really good look at the proportions and where everything is placed and how that's going to benefit you and be valued to you is that when you go to approach your portrait work, you're going to have that study. It's so important. Sharla says over and over how we need to study our subject matter. And so this is essentially going to be a bite-sized study of the human face and skull. And that study is gonna like, I love how you use the word arm you. <laughs> You're going to be armed with uh, that knowledge and understanding of the proportions and how it's all divided and where everything is is set. So we don't want to give too much of it away because you're going to find out the information on boldschool.com and see what our class has to offer. But I can say that what it's going to do is equip you to know and understand all the proportions of the human face and skull. And that's really important when you go to approach your portrait work. And what I really hoped for as the instructor of this bite-sized class is that the ones who do this class would feel confident approaching each portrait. You know, sometimes when we do a quick study, the information kind of goes in and out so fast that I wanted to do the quick study, but in such a way I broke it down so that the information can really stick with you and be something that between the info in, in how I teach, but also the PDF that's provided can be something that you can just have on hand when you approach your portraits and be able to refer to. Yeah, well, you know, so. in university, when I was in university, I took a year long anatomy class and um, I didn't, I don't think I realized at the time how valuable that was gonna be. Probably the most valuable class that I took in my entire degree. Um, the the way that it was structured was it was it was broken into three parts and the first third was the study of the skeleton second was the muscle and the third was the actual figure with skin on it i thought mm. right off the bat first class we were going to be drawing people but we had to draw the skeleton 
And we had to, we had really boring medical anatomy coloring books that we would have to study. And then we would have models come into class and we weren't allowed to draw the model. We had to draw their skeleton. So mm -hmm. they would move and position themselves and we would have to draw each bone. And there's a lot of bones and how they mm -hmm. moved into that pose. So we learned how, you know, the pelvic bone would move and turn with the, the turn of your hips and your legs and how it would, you would weight bear on one leg and how the joints would interact and move together. It was incredible. And at the end mm -hmm. of that first uh, part of the year, I was able to draw a skeleton from any angle, like looking up and looking down and the back and the sides and in all different positions from my memory. And uh, our final project at it was actually around Halloween. We had to we had to draw life size skeletons. We had to draw four of them interacting. Wow. So I had this I had paper plastered to my wall at home and I drew these four skeletons that were dancing and playing music. And I, I could just draw it all from my my mind. It was really wow. incredible when it came to the end of the year when we were actually drawing humans it was so simple. I could look at them and see all of those marks on the skin where the bones, like the landmarks on the skin where the bones were. And I could understand it. The second half, we went to muscle and then we learned how the muscles attach to the bone and how and why those muscles are there and how they layered on top of each other. And um, mm -hmm. then at the, the end, we learned how the skin went over that and it, it changed for a man or a woman and in the different ages, how the skull is shaped in a baby as opposed to an elderly man. Just incredible mm -hmm. amounts of knowledge. And that was an wow. entire year of study. It was like six hours a week plus our lab times where we had work to do for an entire year. And at the end of that, I could draw a human figure really well. But interestingly, I didn't keep up that practice and I've lost mm -hmm. so much of it. So that long story to say, you know, that we're offering these classes at Bold School, but it really comes, the knowledge is, or the knowledge is really gained through the practice and the continuation mm -hmm. of that work that you're not going to be able to watch a short class and become an expert. You know, it, it's really about mm -hmm. studying and it's fascinating and it's enjoyable. And if you want to be mm -hmm. really good at it, if you want to be able to just draw a face, the under the that underlying understanding is so important to have mm -hmm. in your subconscious mm -hmm. so you don't have to consciously mm -hmm. think about what it means every single time you're painting a face it's mm -hmm. it's invaluable to your work and your ability to express um, a story and an emotion you know i believe understanding because mm -hmm. you can't really even if you want to warp it, even if you want to abstract it, you want to abstract your portraits and your faces or your figures or whatever you're doing, mm -hmm. understanding the anatomy helps you to understand how to even abstract mm -hmm. it. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And what you've described in your years of university and that long-term in-depth study that you did, not everyone gets the privilege to do that. And even though we want to, it's, and so by offering these bite-sized classes, it, it's like a bit of a springboard that gives you a little bit of a head start into the basics of everything that you would need to know. But then, like you said, it is up to every artist to dig in deep and go 
uh, further in their study. And we really, at Bold School, we really encourage the study, um, but also realize how important it is to do a quick study. And one of the things that I like to say is that I think when someone is new, when they're a novice at being an artist and making art, they come into it thinking it's just inspiration, that they can completely make art on inspiration. And there is, there is that. You're just born with all of this talent and inspiration. It just flows whenever you want it. (laughs) Inspiration does run dry (laughs) at times. Uh, But the way I like to see it is that the inspiration is like what's in our sail. It's the wind that kind of blows into the sail and gives us this push. But actually understanding how to sail, the aerodynamics of the wind and the mechanics of the sailboat is what it takes to be the sailor. And that is study. (laughs) And that can be both a quick study where you study to understand the subject matter at hand, what you need to know to render a good form in that particular piece. And also it can be where someone like yourself, who you know portrait painting is your niche. It's what you do. That means that for Sharla, Studying the face is a long-term, in-depth, probably forever, as long as your portraiture career, it's going to be the study of your career. And so there's there's the value in both a quick study, and which I'm so excited to teach even how to quick study because there is a method to it. I think that people think um, that, I almost want to back up and finish my sentence. I, I realize I do that. I <laughs> I stop a sentence and jump onto a new one. I was going to say there's value in both. The quick study is really important to know how to do and then and then being able to dedicate yourself to the long-term study. But onto the other sentence I started, uh, the <laughs> the um, insp- I think that people sometimes think of a quick study like they're looking for inspiration where they think I'm going to open up my phone or Google and just like check out a skull and see because I want to paint a skull so I'll just check it out and get inspired but that is not a study a study is that's inspiration Uh, a study is when you begin to learn about how something is built and the proportions and the size and and the composition of like how you're going to put all this together with angles and curvature and just going deeper into the why and how like i referred to the the understanding the aerodynamics of a sailboat rather than just oh there's wind in my sail and so that's i'm really excited to take artists there to a place where they can learn how to quick study without wasting time and and getting down rabbit trails. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, but learn the quick study and know why and that it's so important. Yeah, and then it can also put you on a path to go deeper with it if you love it and move on mm-hmm. to the skeleton and all of the other parts and even into the muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or you just, you just move on from there. Like even in bold color bootcamp, that's, I talk about those basics of understanding the skull and the muscle in order to understand the face. But then mm-hmm. I also give a way to be able to draw the face without knowing anything about anything, <laughs> you know? So, so mm-hmm. you can do, yeah. uh, you can be inspired and you can just work from that without having to go mm-hmm. into study. But a lot of times when you see the greats, the great masters, 
um, whatever their subject matter. They have studied it for years. So I think that instead of thinking, well, I don't have time for that, or you know, I, was gonna, I, gotta, I gotta do this for 10 years before I'm gonna be any good. It's more um, about giving yourself grace in this moment that you may not be able to paint the way the great portrait painters of old paint because you just started. So you give yourself mm -hmm. that grace to, to learn and to grow and that you're mm -hmm. at a certain place in your journey and other people are ahead of you and other people are behind you. And that's kind of mm -hmm. just, just how it goes and you get to make those decisions. I think it's, it's really mm -hmm. cool. I'm just thinking back to everything we just talked about in thinking about, you know, I put in a year's worth of study in, into anatomy and it was incredible and I learned a lot and I, I saw the growth. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't keep that practice up so I could just like, if you stop exercising, you lose those muscles pretty quick. But then years later, in a moment of inspiration, I had the idea to create these portraits with, with the, the skeleton kind of on them, which uh, we'll show a couple of those here. But that moment of inspiration where I painted those pieces, a lot of people might look at that and think that it just came out of nowhere. You know, it came out of nowhere and I just got this idea and I went and painted it. But really you look back at your own journey of learning and skill and technique, but then also your, your journey as a person and your ideas, um, the things that you've learned in your experiences, I guess I should say, not ideas. And even looking at how I use that to teach my kids, you know, it's so, it's just so interesting to watch that, to see where, where that idea and that moment of inspiration has touched. Um, and there it is in, in just a painting that someone sees, but there's so much mm -hmm. surrounding that. There's so much more to that story. It's, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't even know where I'm really going with that thought, but it's a real interesting picture of inspiration and, and where things are created from, I guess. Yes. One of the things I say in Bold Color Bootcamp is it's easy to paint a beautiful face. And that's taken out of context a lot by people who watch the trailer where I, I say that in the trailer, because what I mean is that it's easy to draw a beautiful face. Ugly faces are actually harder to draw. <laughs> I don't mean ugly faces, but <laughs> I just had to say the opposite. But, is there an ugly face, Charla? <laughs> so a glamorous, like supermodel, beautiful cover of the magazine face, a, a woman who's like 25 years old and in her prime, that <laughs> face is quite easy to draw. And reason being, the usually your face is very symmetrical. Everything is as you picture them in your head. We picture bold or big plump lips. We picture big eyes and blue eyes. You know, these things are easy mm -hmm. to draw. When you get an elderly man who's been through a lot in his life, there's so many crevices. There's unique features to look at and it becomes difficult to draw. And if you're gonna draw or, or paint somebody that you love, somebody that you know in real life, it becomes a lot, the level of difficulty goes way up because you've got more than simple features that you're attempting to draw. You've got experiences and the knowledge of who that person is. 
So I say it's easy to draw a beautiful face because that's it's what we kind of imagine a face to be already so it's easy to put that out on paper besides the class that i'm working on charlotte is there anything else coming up in bold school because i've seen stuff coming through down the pipe that you've got other classes going on so tell us a little bit more oh there's always i think always going to be new classes so if you're watching this at the time that it airs for the first time We've got classes in my new series called Painting Humanity, where all of these mm -hmm. learnings kind of come together and where each painting is, is about looking at this unique face for what it is. Because every face in this earth is unique, even though they have similarities. When you understand anatomy, they do have similarities, but they're all unique. So every time you go to paint a face, you're based with a new, you're faced with a new experience. So painting mm -hmm. humanity is about that. We're gonna paint um, faces at different angles, at different ages, different ethnicities, different lighting situations, different color palettes, and on and on it goes. I could probably do this series till the day I die, and we would still not run out of things to, to learn. <laughs> and then Corey Morgat is has her own series called Expressive Portraits, which we all know that she's in a very expressive painter where emotion is just all over her faces, just incredible. Mm -hmm. And she's mm -hmm. got a series where she's working on with new things coming out. And we have some new instructors working on some things, but I don't want to ruin that surprise. But yeah. they will all be there at Bold School Plus our bite-sized classes, and we've got the, the Christmas seasons coming up. So lots of really yeah, cool things. So much exciting going on. And yes, and when you were talking a little bit earlier about it's easy to paint a beautiful face, but wait till you get into like the younger or the older. And do you remember the time that I attempted to paint Mother Teresa? <laughs> And all of the wrinkles that are so beautiful to her were very hard to paint. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I have that's a wrinkle so class coming up. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> what I was going to say is that, you know, if you're struggling with different ages of skin and the wrinkles that aren't just your own, uh, jump on to boldschool.com. Taking classes from Charla from Bold School will save you all that time of trying to wrestle it out yourself to have a really good instructor come alongside you online and show you and you get to see up close how they're painting what they're painting what they're thinking it is a lifesaver yeah a time saver yeah it is i say why in any aspect of life why start from the bottom if you can start from somebody else's ceiling mm -hmm. so start mm -hmm. where i'm leaving off and and where Corey is leaving off. And then you build on top of that. And then you get to teach us some stuff because our students mm -hmm. have taught us <laughs> and our bold school yeah. students are becoming bold artists who are becoming bold school instructors. So we're learning mm -hmm. from each other. So exciting. Yeah. I think you're giving away the surprises. <laughs> you said you weren't gonna give away the surprises. <laughs> yeah, no more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, yes. I think it's, it's amazing to have that kind of a community and to, to mm -hmm. learn and, and bounce off of each other. Mm -hmm. So just to summarize everything that we've shared in this podcast, Charla and I have a reframed the frame and we're shedding life and light on what the skull, the skeleton really means. It's not going, at least in bold school and to us, it's not going to be symbol of death, but of life and of beauty and a way that we can learn how to paint better portraits through quick study. <laughs> and you'll find a new bite-sized quick study on boldschool.com taught by me. And Charla's got 
painting humanity if it will it be available at the time of this era uh yeah definitely because yeah. it's actually going to be up there before we air and uh the wrinkles oh, class will be okay soon. yeah Yes, and the wrinkles, and don't forget the bold hair class because sometimes we struggle to paint mm -hmm. hair too. So definitely check it all out. We're so happy you're here listening and watching the Bold Artist Podcast. We will see you next time. In the meantime, keep creating. Yeah, bye everybody, and thank you, Mary Janelle.